Welcome to the new season of Welcome Home to the Suburbs podcast. I'm so excited to be back and here with you. And we are kicking off this season with an amazing book that just launched. And the author is here to chat with us today to start our season off. The book is called White and Faded, and you are not going to want to miss this premiere episode of Welcome Home to the Suburbs. You're listening to Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Designing a new home to be your family's sanctuary can feel impossible during the stress of moving. In this podcast, interior designer Jill Kalman shares practical advice, design wisdom, and lifestyle tips for anyone moving to a new home. You'll learn all about the psychology of a well-designed home and how to survive the move and thrive in your new life. Say goodbye to overwhelm and hello to a home you love to come back to every single time. Here's your host, Jill Kalman. Today, I am so excited to have with me Jeanette Perella Vandenberg. She has just launched a book, White and Faded. And let me tell you, it goes deeper than decorating. Janet has been painting antiques white long before that even became popular. With her husband, Dino, she is the creative powerhouse behind UK-based shop and lifestyle brands, White and Faded, and collection designed by Jeanette. With a focus on restoring old homes and furniture, they bring new life to everything they do while introducing their clients and fans to stylish, sustainable living. Jeanette also hosts a digital academy where she teaches interactive online courses. She lives in Canterbury, England. So please welcome Jeanette. We are going to have such a great conversation about design, and we're going even a little bit deeper. Her book is a wonderful metaphor for life. So join me, grab your cup of coffee, and let's go. Hi, Jeanette. Thank you for being here with me today. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited. (laughs) It is. And and we're going to talk about White and Faded. And I had just mentioned to you, I saw on your Instagram when you got the first copy and opened the box. And it's just so exciting. I'm so happy for you. And we're going to talk all about it today because I think it's so beautiful what you've done. It's really such a metaphor of a book. So let's tell the audience just briefly about yourself before we dig yeah. in. So I have a very long name. My name is Jeanette Perella von den Berg. So I'm raised in, in Holland, but lived for many years already in English-speaking countries. So mm-hmm. I know where my exit is coming from. Interior designer, interior photographer, and I would say just in general designer of all kinds of things. So I love art and just creating beauty. That's my, that's my passion. That's great. And I really, you know, I found that the main theme of your book, and you and I talked about this too, is about restoring beauty. And Mm -hmm. it's a lot deeper than just design. It's very much a metaphor. And so before we dig into, you know, the book is aesthetically gorgeous. The photography is beautiful. Everything you do is beautiful. But let's get into the meaning behind it first, because it really runs through the whole book, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I just said, you know, I have this desire for beauty, but the one thing I was missing in my own life, so maybe I have to start earlier. So I have been married before and I had a quite challenging marriage in which I have lost my complete identity of who I was as a woman. and. 
I have to say I've been 21 years together with this man and I found myself after we split up, I found myself I had a big mask. I just, because of my desire for beauty, I think I had seen beauty in the wrong way. I saw beauty more as service, as long as you look happy and content and your Uh house is just beautiful. Everything is good. What I didn't understand is that the true beauty lies inside of you, of who you Mm -hmm. are. And yeah, so that's the theme throughout the book, I think, is so to find yourself, to find the true beauty inside of you that kind of like explodes when you start to create yourself. I have to say that I found myself doing things where I find this joy inside of me and all of a sudden this kind of hit me kind of like, oh, wow. It's that beauty, it's that true beauty that is inside of me that's coming out, you know, in what I'm doing. So I think that's kind of like the theme of the the book. Um, Yeah, it's an amazing journey. And I think you give an example of like, you can take an old beat up piece of furniture, a dresser that maybe didn't mean something to somebody else. And then you take it on, maybe you buy it at a garage or whatever, you restore it. And then it highlights, you even use this example, like it's highlighted on a wall in a room and now it stands proud. Now it stands with attention. Now it's a focus. And Mm -hmm. I thought that metaphor was poignant and beautiful. Yeah, because that's what I experienced myself. You know, I was kind of like thrown away, put in the garage, let's say this way, you know. And then all of a sudden, somebody found that, <laughs> that somebody was me, I think. Yeah. And I had to learn to place it into a place of honor, you know, that is yeah. being loved for what it is. And that's what this furniture, I 100% believe I've had many things that I found in trash cans even that people just thrown away. And I didn't restore it to the fact that I actually went through it and painted it or whatever i just only placed it in that in another place to make that you know what you just said you know to give that honor to give that the theme of masks i find runs through your book too and we'll talk about that a little bit as far as people's homes i thought that was important and i see that a lot so Mm -hmm. we'll talk about that too let's talk about using the color white to Mm -hmm. restore and refresh in our home how just white transforms. It doesn't have to be another color. Just simple white is transformative. Yes, correct. I think, first of all, is white is reflecting light, but it's as well is showing impurities mm-hmm. in a way, which mm-hmm. will draw, in, in my opinion, draws that beauty even more out. Because if you have a piece of furniture that's in white, you see all the dents and all the little uh, scratches and stuff like that. And that gives that, that life it has lived as a beauty part of that. But of course, you know, white is looking clean. It mm-hmm. gives a feeling of freshness. Mm-hmm. It gives a feeling of decluttering. Because if you have a white room and you start to stuff it full, all of a sudden you start losing that white. Yeah. You know, so you start coming back to take away again just take it away again you know sometimes just only a white wall is perfect yeah (laughs) yeah i feel like white too like for a fresh beginning right yeah can also be but it is so fresh and 
it's calming and yet it can be used with a lot of other things. So I do think mm -hmm. white is transformative. And in your book, the photographs really show that very well. It shows the shades of white and how light casting on them, just natural light and ambient light, how that affects the you know tone of it and the feel of it yeah. in the home. The next thing we're going to kind of get into a little bit is you grew up with a parent who was an antique dealer. I grew up in the antiques and auction business. It's kind of in my blood, rearranging yeah. furniture, all that stuff. And I think you mentioned this in your book too, how your dad did become an antique dealer at some point. And so you, like myself, see the beauty in, I guess what I call the, or what you could call, I think today's society would call flaws in furniture. Mm -hmm. For us growing up in the antique business, when you see patina, when you see the wear, that is just showing of authenticity and yeah. you and character. In today's world, in a lot of homes, people want everything so perfect. But in antiques, that's really not the case. But let's talk about kind of your dad going into the antiques business and how that inspired you to restore furniture, restore antiques. You have some great stories about pieces you've transformed. One you and I spoke about, I think it's in your current home now, but let's talk about restoring furniture because I talk about it a lot because one, it's a very sustainable thing to do. Yeah. Furniture made, you know, decades and beyond ago were made so much better than today. Mm -hmm. It's made different. It has character. So let's talk a little bit about that and restoration. Yeah. So first of all, if you are moving old furniture from house to house to house, it is still solid. Whereas new furniture, right? You take it apart, you're moving it and it falls apart. So it's so much heavier. It's so different. It's exactly. It's heavier and it is it's much stronger, so it stays, you know, in that one piece. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I had always this thing with when my son, because I have five children, and so three of my sons, then they would come, and it's like I need to move a piece of furniture. They're like, is it Swedish or French? Because if it's <laughs> Swedish, it weighs a ton. If it's French, it's light, because the French are building much lighter furniture. But uh, yeah, so. I have appreciated the antiques only in the later stage in my life. It was, yeah. I think, because my dad was so much into antique and everything was so dark and stuff. And I, I just didn't like that. I yeah. started off as well. My first ever flat I had, I had only new furniture. Yeah. After less than a year, I bought our first piece of antique. You go kind of the opposite because it's, I get I know, it. <laughs> I know, but, but I figured... If I will paint it, it will actually be lovable, you know? Right. So instead of having a piece that, you know, is that dark and it was like clashing with the rest of my stuff, I had, you know, a white sofa and everything. I thought if I'm going to paint it, all of a sudden it will brighten, have that lighting. So, yeah, so I have uh, later, you know, like, and I'll write about that in my book as well. Later on, I start discovering paint of a painted furniture in its original paint, which, especially when you have the Swedish furniture, that is all in very light colors because they have much more, you know, like the weather is not always good. So they have much yeah. darker rooms. And so, yeah, I think I discovered with that painting furniture is... Uh, giving something new, something fresh, and all of a sudden becomes desirable. And it matches in a modern place because 
I have to say, if you have everything antique, like my parents have everything antique, if you're placing a modern item in it, it looks really bad, out of shape, out of place. If you have a very modern interior and all of a sudden you put one antique piece in, all of a sudden you have this like centerpiece that becomes like interesting and beautiful. And so it's very interesting how those things work. Yeah. Yeah. The juxtaposition is beautiful. I think carrying through the theme of your book, the restoration of something has so much meaning behind yeah. it. Yeah. And, you know, yes, paint does amazing things. And using high gloss lacquer can be like a modern way to do it. I used to have a business where I actually bought furniture from the 30s and 40s. It was like that heavy brown oh, yeah. furniture. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I would look for things that, and, and, and you, most of the things naturally had a lot of heavy, fun molding. And they look sort of like brown and heavy and no one would use them. And once I would paint them white, the mm -hmm. molding would pop out. Exactly. And, and sometimes you didn't even need to change the hardware. Sometimes I did, but sometimes just the beauty of the paint made the mm -hmm. whole piece. There was a piece when you and I were talking that you said you had, I can't remember what it was. It was like a multi-drawer piece that you might've even restored it more than once, but you changed new hardware and you were saying how it still sits in your house and it's a very loved piece. And I think, again, it goes back to that message of that sort of unloved and loved with the deeper meaning. But I tell clients all the time, I'm very into repurposing. So sometimes mm -hmm. a client will have a piece and I'll look at it not just as I see it up front, but the lines of it and the silhouette. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, oh, but if we do this to it, and we have literally with decorative painting, transform yeah. pieces where clients yeah. are like, I feel like I have a whole brand new piece of furniture. I don't even feel like that's the same piece. And yeah. then, but then they love that it is because they know underneath it's the piece they've always had in their home. Maybe it had sentimental value, mm -hmm. maybe not, but it's mm -hmm. just so it, it really is fun to do that. And like you explain, it has much deeper meaning. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what I said, restoration is not always you need to use paint or a hammer. It is something that is in the heart as well, in your heart. Yes, very much yeah. so. And people, I think, especially now, people really love white living with it. White's coming into walls more. I know so many of my clients are like, I'd love a cream or a white sofa, but they're afraid to do it. Because the way lifestyles are with kids and pets and you had five kids. So let's talk about, I think this is a really good one for people because I think people want white. They want to have white. What are some tips for living with white with children and dogs and just the way our lifestyles are? Can it be achieved? Can we do it, please? <laughs> yes, yes, totally. So I started having white interiors when I was 21. So you can imagine I had all my children all living in white houses and the funny thing is it didn't scar them because they're living as well in white houses. <laughs> so that's very important to know. <laughs> For me, I started straight away with quilts. Quilts over a sofa is doing wonders. Yeah. Kids are going, you know, although they, you tell them, don't go with your feet on the sofa, they still do. I mean, right. you're not looking, they do. T right. Try to tell your dog that, right? So I worked with quilts. I work with slipcovers. Slipcovers are an absolute must for me as well. There's some yep. furniture you can buy already slipcovers or otherwise I will make yeah, my own slipcovers. Yeah, make my own slipcovers. And that way as well with paints. So I use always wipeable paints on the walls. In yeah. the time when my kids were really little, they didn't have that yet. So uh -huh. what I did is to have on, like, let's say, chair height, 
I would have everything on the knees. I painted high gloss and above it mats. So the high gloss, you could just wipe off. And so I had my floors. I had always wide. The thing is that I did teach my kids don't walk with shoes in the house. You know, when you come from outside, take your shoes off. I had little tricks for that, um, how to stimulate them, to think about, to remember. Right. Uh, Oh, yeah, I have to take my shoes off. Yeah, so, and as well, I mean, with the dog as well, same thing. I mean, we have a big uh, golden retriever, and uh, we live in the countryside, and uh, he's outside, and he just wants in. I mean, he doesn't know how to wipe his feet, right? So I wish he did. (laughs) But, yeah, and on the other hand, I always say, because people say, yeah, how can you have wise? And I'm like, because it gets so dirty. And I'm like, but you see the dirt. That's a good thing. So actually you live much cleaner because you see that it's dirty. That means you're cleaning it, right? And not that somebody is crawling on my floor because it was just dark and they didn't see the dirt on there. And then afterwards <laughs> they have their knees black. If you really, really want white, you have to be disciplined. I mean, that's the one thing. Yeah. You have to be disciplined and say, okay, I do want the quilts on the sofa when you're sitting on it when i can take it away because i sometimes i just have it nicely folded but when the kids came home i just put it over the sofa or you know i mop the floors every other day you have now this nice robot mop so yeah yes. <laughs> it's life is much easier now than it was uh, 30 years ago but, so um, it's a little I, I guess we could say it's a little more maintenance to do it do you think though it might be easier today to do it because i am finding so many of the fabrics are like indoor outdoor and cleanable so you can get now yeah. you know a lot of sofas let's say or upholstered pieces in this fabric now the fabric has changed a lot where even though it's upholstered you can spot clean it it's a little bit more stain resistant i think that's helpful too okay. don't you yeah, so I don't know that. I am very much somebody who takes linen and cotton as my fabrics, and they're easy washable. If it has stains in it, I just throw it in the washing machine with some bleach or with yep. other products that I just... And that's the thing as well. If you have light blue, right, and you put it in the washing machine, you can't put any bleach in it. <laughs> with white, you can just, you know, bleach it. And I have alternative bleach, so I'm not... Uh, ruining the uh, environment with normal bleach but yes so i use a lot of uh, good products for that yeah no i mean i think that's great i just bring that up because sometimes when people are ordering new things and whatever they're in these fabrics that are like that i do like the fact that you can just wash them in fact Mm -hmm. i had a friend years ago and she said and this is when we had little kids and she's like i'm switching all my towels and bedding to just all white Mm -hmm. and i was like how come and she goes because I can put it in the machine. I can get it clean and white. All these other colors that come out and sometimes something else hits it in the wash or like you said, you can't really bleach it. And I say, you know what? That's really smart. I have Mm -hmm. all white towels now. I have most of the base sheeting, all the fitted sheets and all that are all white. And I will say it does kind of actually make it easier. Yeah, it does. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. I know you really want to ask a designer questions. I know you really would love that professional opinion what to do. I know nothing goes off in your brain when you think about that except the words expensive, intimidating, I won't have a choice. I'm here to tell you none of my services make you feel that way. But my newest service is probably the easiest and most affordable way to quickly get some answers. It is 
my Solutions Design Micro Session. That's right, and we can select a topic of your choosing, whether you're struggling with space planning, palette, cohesiveness, which items to buy, what not to buy. For $249, you can book that with me very easily, and we will spend one hour together, and I will be your own personal design advisor for that solid hour. So link is in the show notes or check out my Instagram page or website. I hope to see you there. I guess I'll tell everybody out there, there is an advantage to white. And Mm -hmm. even you mentioned using quilts and blankets on some of the seating. I've even found you can have made out of the same fabric, like a coverlet. And so when the coverlet is on the sofa, it matches and it really... Mm -hmm. It's great, I think, especially for pets, because like you said, they just jump right up and, you know, <laughs> once in a while. I mean, you have a little story in your book, I think, where the kids ran in from the rain to show you something. They were so excited and it was like, whoa, but you fixed it and you cleaned it up. You know, it can be yeah. done. You just yeah, take the maintenance. Yeah. 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 No, I love that. One thing I noticed when I look at your beautiful pictures on Instagram of your interiors is that. The room will be layers of various shades of white and cream, and there will be an object usually, whether it be a table in a kitchen or just a small side table on a chair, that's a really rich, dark piece of weathered Mm -hmm, wood. mm -hmm, And I mm -hmm. love that juxtaposition. I'm wondering too, if that comes from where you were surrounded by so much dark furniture, like you mentioned, when your dad was buying antiques, if that sort of plays into why you do that or it's something else. But I'd love to talk about that juxtaposition. Yeah, so I would not say it has anything to do with my parents because I like more the rustical. If it is dark, wood has to be rustical. Like for instance, our ceiling, we took our ceilings out so we have to expose all beams. And it's the rustical on it that I love. And as well, the little tables have to be rustical. Otherwise, just normal, smooth, antique, dark furniture, that's for me, I got that's it. going to be painted, yeah. But it yes. has to be that, that rustical that I really love. Or what we did as well a lot is um, I actually like, I don't know if you heard of Mora clocks. They are antique clocks from Sweden. So we actually took the layers of paint off. We stripped them completely to the original pine because it's pine wood. And, but because of time, so normally pine gets really light yellow or yes. orangey, but Very. because this has been over time old, you know, the, the wood gets really dark. And so it's really beautiful. Uh, I have a couple of them in my book and I love that. As well, you see that craftsmanship of how they were making it, you know, how they put them together. And uh, that's the one thing where you have exposed, so there's no lacquer on it, no wax, just nothing, just bare wood. You see where it's been fixed together. You know, if you have those little milking stools, they called, which I yes. use of little side tables. They just have holes in it, but they just put the legs in, you know? And I love that because you can just correctly see that then it's, one is broken, they fix it. They just glue a piece underneath it. And you can see that when you paint it, it's finished, it's gone. You don't see that anymore. So that's why of those really rustical items, I like to keep them in dark wood or in middle color dark. Let's say yeah, the like a brown, yeah. And I love that with white. It is that standing out. It's almost that same as what I said earlier, when you have a modern interior and you put one antique item in. So this has the same effect. It's like all that white and all of a sudden this one dark little table. 
It's that whole idea of using opposites. And I tell clients all the time, like having balance. So if the room was all white with sleek white furniture, you know, that doesn't, it's about bringing those things in. And yeah, it's sort of that weathered wood where there's like these nooks and crannies. If the side has a hinge or a nail, you see it. Or like you said, it's just a simple joint. You see it. And it's like seeing kind of its raw element and that raw element against white is really Mm -hmm. interesting. And I found Mm -hmm. that too, with people who have Like some people have a lot of old rugs with heavy, bold prints and some heavy furniture. And if you paint the room white, all Mm -hmm, of a sudden mm -hmm. you can have sort of this modern twist to that rug. You could put like a white sofa with that rug that has maybe navy blues and whatever. And then all of a sudden it takes on this whole other feeling. So I Mm -hmm. think, you know, and I'll let the audience know on, on her Instagram page and in her book, you will see this. And it's just really beautiful how it's done. I, I love that juxtaposition. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit. So since we're talking about white, I can't not ask you, what are some of your favorite color whites? (laughs) I know for the audience, you know, picking paint colors is always a challenge. And and until people go to pick white, they don't really realize how many shades of white there are. And as we know, there's so many. So what are some of your favorite whites? Yeah. So first of all, I would say white is the most colorful color there is not only in the amount of paint colors you have in white but as well as how the light is working in it and so for me to say what's your favorite white i don't have a favorite white for me it is i'm looking to the room i'm looking like is this room does have high ceilings has a big windows is it south Mm -hmm. facing then that means i can have a pool of white if it is north facing small windows low ceilings if i go for a cool white it becomes cool and lifeless and so you okay. need to have a warmer white so then i'm going for a slightly a tint more like a beige color in it in the white so it becomes like a really really light latte coffee color so a favorite white that's the funny thing it's the same thing is the question i get all the time what's on your walls what is your favorite color white and you know what color is that and i said I can give you the color name, but it's not going to look the same in your house. I can tell you that it's the time of the day when it's been photographed. Sometimes it looks like I have yellow walls. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it looks like I have blue walls. It's just because the time of the day and if it is south facing, if it is west facing, north, whatever, that makes all the difference. So if I do as well interior tips, so I do interior tips online and... I ask the people, first question, ask how high is the ceiling? How tall are your windows? Mm -hmm. And how is facing? If it's south facing, I know exactly what colors to use, but which Mm -hmm. ones. If it's Mm -hmm. north, I know as well what to avoid and what to take. So I think that's the best advice. You know, test it. I I say always to the people, so test it just with your hands. But put your hand this way, that way, that way. And all of a sudden you see that, you know, if you have a little piece of paper on that, you see how different the color white is on all those. And so never buy white by just a little paint strip. Always put it on the wall. Always yeah, always sample. Part. And like not to pin you into this, but I and I would say to the audience, and we mentioned colors on other episodes. My audience knows because I'm all about I see people crowdsource what color that you have got to sample it in your home because whatever looks good. In my home and you like it, you could bring it home and it's awful. And, you know, vice versa. I guess, are there any go-to whites that, again, it's not going to work in everybody's, but 
either brands or colors that you do think are pretty and that yeah, work nicely so in if, a lot if, of spaces, not all. Yeah. So if I paint in my own house, I know much more what to use. I use um, Brilliant White a lot. So just pure Brilliant White. A lot of brands are doing that same color. Then you yeah. have All White is another paint. I'm not sure if I can mention paint. Uh, oh, yeah, brands. you can. I yeah. think isn't All okay. White Pharaoh and Ball? Is yes, always, correct. Yeah. Fair and ball. Right. And then you have shirting from Little Green. And that's my favorite. That's I think you can't get that everywhere in the US, but it's my absolute favorite. So shirting is it what the name is saying. It's like a white shirt. You know, that's it's like so nice. Yeah. And it is neither cool or warm. It's mm. proper how you would imagine white to be. Because if you have paper white, paper white is always a little bit bluish. And so if you put this one on the white paper, it's, it comes across a little bit yellowy, but it's absolutely yes. not. On the walls, it looks perfect white. And all white from Fair and Ball is the second to go for, for me. It's makes, very nice. Yeah. Who makes shirting? Sorry, who is the paint manufacturer of shirting? A Little Green. Oh, okay. Company. Little Green Company. And green with double E and E at the end. Yeah, I'll have to see if we can get it here. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, I know you can. I have a couple of clients that actually managed to find it, but it's not okay. everywhere. Yeah, but they, those are the absolute, my absolute first. If I go for white, that's the first white I go for. Yeah, as we say, that's your go-to, meaning what you're going to try first, not where you're, I'm going to say to the audience, yeah. it doesn't mean you're going to put it up because it may yeah. not work, but those exactly. are the ones you try. Yeah, um, they're the first ones I go for. And in my own house, because I understand the light, I know yeah. we have painted everything in our areas here, all mm-hmm. in pure, brilliant white. And it works amazing. So Yeah, Brilliant White is probably similar. There's a line and it's called Bright White. I think it might be Benjamin Moore has Bright White, which might be similar to Brilliant White. I'm not sure, but I get on that idea. Well, you have given us really so much. And I'll let the audience know the book is just beautiful. I highly recommend (laughs) it. The photographs will inspire you. And then what Jeanette was just talking about as far as picking out your paint color based on light, she actually gets into that in the book to describe it and help you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really good tip. It's like before you even go to the paint store or grab a sample, she has a section in her book talking about Southern light in the house and starting there. So I'll just let the audience know that. So let's close the show. You've given us a lot of information, but if there's any last tips or advice you want to impart, feel free. Mm -hmm. And then I would love to have you list your social media platforms, website, where to get the book. And we'll put all the links in the show notes for everybody. So they can, the book launched on August 29th. So it's out. It's been out for about a week now and go grab it. That's all I can say. (laughs) Yeah. So I think one of my favorite tips to give, I have a lot of people that ask me about antiques and how can you see if something is antique or genuine? If it is vintage, if it is just a replica. So I'm giving a lot of tips in the book about that as well. But my last tip that I'm giving, and I think that is a good tip, is like get what makes your heart beat faster. I think that's, you know, for me, I have hundreds of different stylists in my house and uh, I do everything. I have a disco ball in my house. I have an antique cupboard right next to it and I have 
a 1950s chair and all of it goes together. Why is that? Because it's all my heart beats faster. I don't have things in my house I don't like. If I don't like it, it's something that I use every day and then it's in the cupboard. <laughs> I don't have it on display. <laughs> right. So I have everything that I love, I place together and that makes it work. You know, don't follow trends. That's what I want to say. Trends are in and out. Don't do it. Especially I would say that's why they're called trends. <laughs> exactly. Especially not when you're doing a kitchen or a bathroom. Because after a year, you regret the colors you've taken. Just take traditional, but do what your heart beats faster. What do people tell you to do? <laughs> I love that you said that because I try to impart every day. People have such a lack of confidence doing their home. And I try to say, you have it within you, whatever you exactly. absolutely love, whatever exactly. makes that kind of feeling rise up in you to go, Oh, I love that. That's what you live with and stop worrying about the trends and stop worrying about, well, this room's different than that room. Like you, I have a lot of different things in my house, but when mm -hmm. someone's in my house, I don't think they feel like it's like a circus of mismatched things. No, no. Yeah. We do tend to gravitate towards some common denominators. Mm -hmm. And so I love that you close with that. Let us know social media platform. If you want to kind of spell them out here for the listeners, and then we'll put it in the show notes. So for Instagram, I'm not sure if you have a website and then best places to get the book. I'm assuming it's going to be available on Amazon. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for my Instagram, I have three Instagram accounts. The main one is called white and faded okay. with underscore in it. And I have my personal one where I'm showing much more stuff like some crafts I work on, some uh, I'm, I'm making pottery or sewing something. And so I do that a lot of little tutorials on it as well. So that's my full name. <laughs> so Jeanette Perella van der Meer. Um, and then I have joined with my husband an account and that's a fun account that's all about house renovations and it's called mm -hmm. Our Old Country House. And there we have a very high engagement with people that are all renovating themselves. And so I do house tours there. Um, when we are in a renovation project, we share all of that. So that's, that's more like a, a fun, but as well informative place. Then we have websites called whiteandfaded.com or .co.uk. So we have Great. two, both lead to the same. And then, of course, my book available on Amazon, Target, uh, I don't know, all kinds of every big major bookstore, my book is available. So worldwide, that's an amazing thing. That's for me, like, wow. <laughs> fabulous, fabulous. Yeah. yeah, we're going to put all those links in the show notes. And probably if they Google the book, White and Faded, it's published yeah. by HarperCollins. And you guys can pick up a copy. It's absolutely a joy. So yeah. it's been great having you here. I love that you took the time to talk about it. We're happy to let everybody know about it. And congratulations on getting it launched. I think, what did you say? It was how many years in the making, the book? Officially or unofficially? <laughs> Well, say, you, you can tell me whichever. <laughs> yeah, so I would say five years in total I've okay. been working on it. Yep. But uh, the last two years I've been really proper 
with a proper concepts working on it. And so, getting it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's years in the making. And, and most people will say that when they launch a book. So it's sort of like yeah. birthing a baby. You're like, what? It, <laughs> it is. It is. It is totally. And as well, my aim for my book was not to become famous or to, you know, to sell a lot of books. My real a heart in it has been always I want to reach out. I want I have such a desire for people to be restored and to enjoy their home. So that's my whole purpose reason why I did this. And um, I'm incredibly thankful for all the favor I have received in this. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why I find it so beautiful. It's not just a decorating book. It is much more than that. And it's a beautiful metaphor. So thank you again, Jeanette. And cheers to selling a lot of books. They're great. <laughs> thank right? you so much. We'll thank talk you. soon. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I really enjoyed speaking with Jeanette. And this book is gorgeous. I highly recommend getting a copy. It's wonderful inspiration wonderful messaging behind every page and also a beautiful coffee table book for this new season of welcome home to the suburbs don't forget if you would like to watch the interview it is available on youtube at jill Kalman interiors on my youtube channel so i look forward to seeing you there and hope you enjoyed this chat take care if you like what you're hearing on welcome home to the suburbs I would be so appreciative if you would support the show. The best way to support the show is to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I would be so appreciative, and I hope you will leave us a review. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Head over to jillcalmaninteriors.com to learn more about designing a beautiful new home while minimizing the stress of moving. See you back here next week.